Yo, yo, what's good? Ladies and gentlemen, episode 6, The Idea of Manhood. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said, episode 6, five mics. The mic is in wings. Mike, the husband, father, educator, writer, MC, all of that good stuff, right? So thank you so much for joining us, um, joining me. It's just me here. Uh, if you're tuning in on theideamanhood.com or through iTunes or through SoundCloud or through Stitcher or Lipson, however you're tuned in, thank you. I genuinely appreciate it. Um, and thank you for tuning in to episode six. Now, episode six is going to follow a different format because... Um, right now I don't have any notes. I'm not looking at anything. I, I, I'm not, I don't have a, a, a pad folio in front of me. I'm speaking from my heart and I'm speaking just from general places of frustration. Um, call this an entire episode of rants, an entire episode of I'm tired. Um, because I am, man, it's just a lot going on. Um, personally, uh, things that I'm seeing at work, you know, just everywhere. And they seem to be coinciding. Like the frustration that I'm seeing and that I'm feeling seems to be um, coinciding all around a few general themes. The few general themes that I am, um, that I'm focusing on in today's random episode of I'm Tired is that one tone. If I had to label this episode with a title, it would be Tony, Tony, Tone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the tone of things are so integral to everything that we do, right? And I'm seeing that people are abusing and misusing tone. That's one. The other theme that I'm that I'm tired of, things that I'm seeing, is the 90-10 rule, right? That And the 90-10 is that we as humans, as people, individuals, whoever organizations even spend 90% of our time, energy, uh, affecting or directing that energy to 10% of the issue, right? So we spend all this time, we create entire processes, we create entire protocols and systems, and we spend all of our anger, we put all of our everything uh, into 10% of the problem right leaving the other 90 percent of the situation like what i'm confused all right so that's something that i want to talk about and the other thing i want to talk about is education like this is just a lot of education stuff that's bothering me a lot of things in the news that uh, are affecting me and i'm looking and i'm it's like a constant smh moment where i'm just shaking my head like what the heck is going on why are people acting in such ignorant ways? Why are people making such ignorant decisions? Um, where are the like? Why is everyone automatically a teacher now? Like, what what what's going on? What's going on? So that's kind of the themes that are happening in in different places in my life. From you know, like I said, homework and personal, professional, everything, right? So um, I'm gonna come right back. Uh, if you were expecting like a general format, uh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta get this out. You know, uh, that's the thing about the podcast. It becomes like it's become for me like um, it's become like a, a, a release. It's, it's become my therapy. It's become you know I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to myself. I'm talking through myself and through some issues in my own head. Right. So thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. The idea of manhood, episode six. Uh, this is the I'm tired episode. Um, this is the, the entire episode 
is focused on things that I'm tired of and I know that you're tired of too. Alright, I'll be right back. Holla, hold on. How about the Porsche? Okay, uh, we're back. Um, okay, so thanks for tuning in. Episode 6, uh, The Idea of Manhood. Six weeks we've been doing this. This is awesome. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, so we're talking about things uh, things that I'm tired of. This is the I'm Tired special, right? I'll probably do this. Let's say this. I'm going to do this every six weeks, okay? Just because that's usually the how I'm tiredness builds in me, right? Um, but the things I'm tired of just seem to be compounding upon one another. And yeah, and before I just scream on somebody, I, I figure I'll just scream on y'all, right? Um, and, and let me know in the comments or whatever if you see me in the street, if you agree or disagree. And it's all good. Um, you see how I did that? You see how like I could say that if you disagree with me that it's all good? Here's my first thing, right? Here's my first thing I'm tired of. You know, people... Oh, God. Um... People and their tone, right? People and their tone. I wish that people were a little bit more self-aware with how their tone comes across both both their vocal tone, like uh, like your voice, you know? Like when you speak, how do the intonations and your 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 diction and, and everything in your voice, how, what kind of message is that sending? I wish people were a little bit more aware of that. In the same way, I wish that people were more aware of their um, of their internet voice. Like, what voice do people hear when they read what you type on email or on Twitter or on Facebook, right? Because so many people, I, I think because, you know, there's so much attention in the media when it comes to arguments and drama and reality TV and debates. Tonight is the Republican debate that I hope no one ever watches. And, you know, there there's ratings in uh, when there's disagreement. And so people think that is hot. Like, yo, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to throw a drink in your face and it's going to be news. And I'm going to be bad just to be bad. And, you know, I'm going to say what I feel because I got to let people know what's on my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like so many people approach everything with, well, let me tell you what I think. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, hop back in the Porsche real quick. Close the door. Roll down the window and tell me what you think. Like, don't hop out the Porsche and tell me, like, why does everything, like, why do people feel so entitled to their opinions, you know, their own self-opinions, that they feel like whenever they give their opinion to me or to anyone, that they have to stand on the mountaintop and, like, say it like there's combat or say it like there's a challenge or say it in a tone as if someone's disagreeing on you. If you're commenting on a Facebook post and your first thing is well I, what I what I think you should do is boom 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 well you know what slow down son roll the window back down and 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 just think about your tone people you know what I'm saying I wrote a simple post the other day I don't even remember what I asked on Facebook 
but it was so crazy because I asked something like, yo, do you think, um, like, what do y'all think about, I remember what it was. I asked people, do you think I should ask for, I asked people on Facebook, do you think I should ask for my son's bus driver's cell phone number? Okay. Uh, I don't know if I gave it much context. I just said, hey, you know, just wondering, you know, I, I, I don't walk with him all the way to the bus stop. I walk with him kind of halfway, let him go half. We're building that trust or whatever. And my thought was, you know, hey, I should ask for it because a couple times the bus hasn't shown up or, you know, the bus could break down and, you know, there's no one. You know, just anything can happen. Right. And I figured it, when I was asking the question that if I put it out there and it's like, hey, you know, what do you think that I would get some? Hey, well, you know, maybe not, you know, maybe maybe you should try something else or hey why don't you but like the responses that i received was one thing but the tone in which people shared their response was just like I, like they thought i was going to disagree with them so they came off with the aggress like that's too much you acted like you go <laughs> i was just like yeah so i had like it got so crazy and i, I was laughing at it it got so crazy that i had to close the i had to delete the post because it was just infuriating me so much that people felt so, uh, people felt like their voice had to be so loud. And so like, even though this is online now, so no one's talking, this, th their voice had to be so like, hmm, listen to me, here's what I have to say, and this is it. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, when I give advice on, or if someone asks for advice, and I am typing out uh, some advice or typing in a response, I always say, hey, you know, I hear what you're saying. Like, acknowledge that people have a concern and that to them is very genuine, whether you agree with it or not. But hey, I hear what you're saying, you know, what I would do is maybe this, or, you know, why, have you thought about this? Like, I always pose it in a question, but, but because I've been trained to do that like my counseling background has given me the perspective to be like hey you know what if someone's asking their question from a from a certain place then coming off so aggressive at them is probably not gonna let them respect your answer anymore so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to them in this nice little box package it leave it in their inbox and keep it moving right um so that was an example just people came off crazy and I don't know if people recognize like how crazy like their voice their online voice sounds that's one example so another thing that I said I'm going to do through this podcast and this is thanks to some good advice from my good friend um Andrea I'm shouting you out you know you're a star now you're welcome okay Andrea special message to you um you're welcome uh it's going to be difficult for you walking the streets because of the notoriety that this shout out is going to give you um so you're welcome <laughs> yo andrea like yo what are you talking like you're giving very late this is her talking to me you're giving very lame examples like you need to be specific and you need to be a little bit more direct in terms of the examples that you give so i know for me like I don't want to call anybody out. I don't want to put anybody on the offense or the defensive, but Hey, you know, it's my experience, you know, and I'm, and I'm trying to be mindful of a lot of different things, but I'll just share that, um, in a series of meetings that I've had with my son's sports teams, um, you know, my wife sent me an awesome article today about 
uh, parenting and sports and just the unique relationship that parents have to have with their kids that play sports. I'll put I'll put the link in the in the resources. But um, recently we've had a series of meetings because my son's teams, you know, there's been some leadership changes and people are basically losing their damn minds <laughs> on the team right now. These are nine year olds playing soccer and baseball like you know nine one two three four five six seven eight nine i have shoes that are older than my son literally so um and these parents are expressing their concerns in such a way that it's just like i i don't i don't know if people hear themselves when they're speaking and just their tone is just so unbelievably combative um, and and understanding that most of these coaches, all of the coaches in our league are volunteers and have other jobs and just do this kind of for fun. And you got parents like, I, well, I think this is ridiculous. And I think that you guys need to do this. And we don't get emails. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what? What must be what must be going through people's minds when they speak who has allowed you to go on this long speaking to people like this you know what i'm saying but then i'm the a-hole because i will tell someone in the nicest way son you need to just lower just relax a little bit like it's not it's not that serious it, it can't be that serious you know um my wife went to last night. I didn't. I didn't have the luxury in going, but my wife went to an open house for my daughter's preschool. Pre. This is preschool. We haven't even hopped out the Porsche to school yet, right? This is preschool, and just some of the stories she's told. She she told me about uh, just how people were expressing their concerns and parents that were just angry and grumpy faced and leaders that were just like you know barking at parents and i'm like oh my god like I, as an adult as a man that is almost 40 years old and all of the like a lot of people around me that are in their late 20s early 30s mid 30s 40s mid 40s why can't why haven't we learned as a people to talk to one another yet in a way that's productive like, don't people get that you can't be productive if you're barking at people or if your whole tone is like, I don't know what, I don't care what, you know, I, I don't care. That. You know what I'm saying? And if you can see me in the studio right now, I have my two pointer fingers uh, kind of like, you know, like a mashing keyboard with, you know, on the typewriter and I'm thrusting them down. Like, I don't care what you gonna tell, you know what I'm saying? I want to, I need to give you the visual, okay? Um, I don't care. My the corners of my mouth are turned down to show my disgust. Mm-hmm. You see, and my eyebrows are furrowed, and my fingers are pointing down. And I'm like, I don't care what you think you go. You know, like why, <laughs> why, why do people have to jump to that? Like you have a concern. I would never sit here and say, you know what? Keep your concerns to yourself, because that's not healthy, right? That's not authentic. Of course you have to express your concerns, but I think that as adults, especially if we're teaching young children a certain way, as adults, we have to be mindful of how our tone impacts our message. Communication one-on-one, you know, what you communicate is about 20% or less of what you say 
and and about 80% of the context in which you say it what your arms are doing what your voice is doing if you use all caps or not if you put mad exclamation points and you know what I'm saying and that's just that's just really big to me right now so that's that's one thing I'm tired about um it's it's so infuriating um because I sit in these meetings and I look at people and I'm like you mad bro like (laughs) I I just can't like I, I get this these moments of what what are you why are you acting like this at grown men and women why like do you feel like that's the only way that you can express yourself well these are my kids and if, if it's my kids I don't care I'm gonna come up here and I'm gonna say what I have really mm, I feel sorry for your mother like what are you what is it that you could be thinking i'm sorry I, I could go on about this for a long time all right so that's that's the first thing i'm tired about uh and i'm gonna come back um real quick and 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 go into the next thing that i'm tired about uh in this segment so thank y'all for listening the episode uh, what is this the idea of manhood episode holla, six. Holla, if you right with me. um we're back episode six the idea of manhood Thank you for tuning in. Oh, I'm looking. I just had the news on as I'm talking, and I'm real tired of Matt Damon right now. I see what you did, Matt Damon. I'm talking to you like you're in the room. That was not cool. Um, if you if you didn't know, just look up Matt Damon and diversity, um, and you'll see what he um, something that he that he's done recently, a conversation that he's been in. Um, yeah, so okay, let me. I, I got I got off track. All right, the next thing I'm tired out tired about is um, just to give some context. Um, I live in a suburb of Washington D.C. Right, I live in Prince George's County, Maryland. Right, um, you know Prince George County, Maryland. If if you talk about PG, as people affectionately love to call it, in this area. There's a certain connotation that goes along with that, right? Um, PG, PG County, you know, people, this is it's a negative connotation. Now, um, the surrounding counties right around the district is, you know, it's, it's Fairfax County in Virginia. It's, you know, it's Montgomery County on the other side of Maryland, other side of D.C. Of course, there's D.C., it's PG County, Howard County. So it's a few counties around here and it's, you know, Everyone knows how expensive it is to live in Washington, D.C. PG County is, um, per capita, like one of the most uh, uh, richest. I, I don't like that word, richest. There's, there's a whatever. There, people that are in and around this area tend to make pretty good money, tend to have pretty good jobs. You know, federal government, state government, you know, teacher. There's a, there's a lot of gainfully employed people in this general area. And Prince George's County is one of the most affluent areas um, in the country. Uh, in the country, of course, there's pockets like every area that's there where that doesn't ring true. But in general, PG County uh, has some of the most affluent neighborhoods and communities in the state of Maryland and in the country. Um, with that said, Prince George's County is beginning and has been and has had the reputation of, of having some of the worst schools in the area, right? 
um, in comparison to Fairfax County that has a very good reputation, you know, Montgomery County that has a very good reputation, Howard County has great schools, and Arundel County uh, in Maryland, and then PG County kind of gets the, the short end of the stick, and then of course DC has, you know, kind of the ups and downs, um, and so... The thing that, that makes me tired, the thing that I, I've been talking about for years before I had children, since I've had children, are the people that, um, one, make general assumptions about PG County and the education system without really uh, understanding or stepping foot in any of these schools. I, just if you're going by what you see on TV, you know, the media is the media. Prince, Prince George County is majority African-American or it's 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 diverse as well. Prince George's County is diverse. But in the in the area, PG County is probably has the, a higher African-American concentration. So as a result, you know what follows that if you follow sociology or anything at all, um, you know, the kind of media that that attracts and the kind of stories that are popular with that demographic. And so um, what I'm tired about is people that without that live in Prince George County. Right. And their first their first conclusion about the education system is that they're going to send their kids to private school. Like That's the first thing. Right. Um, when my son was playing soccer, I talk about my son all the time playing soccer because that's real. That's where we really got to the chance to talk to families and kind of see where the pulse of the community was and in, in terms of the school. Now, my wife and I are both huge supporters of public school. Um, we both graduated from public high schools. Um, I went to private school for a few years when I was in New York. And um, so we're going to talk about that. So it's not like I'm saying, hey, kids, you should never send your kids to private school. Um, I would never, ever say that. And as an educator, I would never I would hope that you wouldn't assume that I would have that that view. Um, I'm not saying anything disparaging about private schools. Uh, when I'm upset about and what makes me tired are people that make statements, people that jump to conclusions and people that have no information to back these conclusions about schools in their neighborhood when they haven't stepped a foot inside. There is absolutely no reason why there's certain communities in and around where I live um, for schools to be doing as poorly or quote unquote as poorly as people think they are as poorly as they're performing. Um, the number one, I'm just going to, you know, hit people to some game in case they don't know. Okay. Okay. This is just in case you don't know, in case you don't know, um, the number one indicator of post second, a secondary school success and post-secondary success is income, right? That's the number one indicator of how well a kid does in school is how well or how much money their parents make. Now, as horrible as that is, that's a completely different episode. That's coming down the line. That's a completely different episode that goes into the fabric and the and the structure of this country um, and how it was built and who it was built for and who it was built by. We'll talk about that later. We can't, there's too much right now, okay? Too much. 
Um, the number one indicator is the financial fortitude of parents. That's the number one indicator of how well their kids will do in school. Considering that, and the stat I told you earlier, and then the stat line I told you, is that Prince George County is one of the most affluent counties in the state of Maryland, uh, but yet and still, I hear the constant, the constant discussions of families in PG County where their first inkling is to send their kid to private school. And not even... I am, mm, mm, mm. I'm not sending my kid to that school. I'm not, nope, I'm not sending, did you, have you talked to the principal in that school? Have you, um, have you, what was it about? Oh man, you must've went in there and they was shooting guns in the hallway, right? No, I've never been to the school. Okay, uh, it's your neighborhood school. You, you ever driven by during the day? You ever gone to a football game? Have you ever gone after school to see the marching band practice? I don't know. Um, no, not, no, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. Okay, so what are you basing this on? And unfortunately, people are so educationally misinformed um, when it comes to what makes a school a quote-unquote good school. Now, in my mind, as an educator, of course, you know, you can look at surface things. You can look at the number of kids going to college or the number of kids that are proficient in reading and math and so on and so forth. And those things, of course, make a difference. Those things, of course, are important. But I'm here to tell you that if you have an active parent, if you have two active parents, if you have parents that are concerned about the well-being of their child in a school system, any child, this is a bold statement, any child could go to any school system and be successful. Any child. If you hold the educators in that school accountable to do what what they say they're going to do and what they're lawfully mandated to do and that's educate your child appropriately now of course like i told you my parents my mom sent me to private school uh in brooklyn in the 80s because public schools in brooklyn in the 80s were some mess just like many public schools in certain areas are a mess but it's not because she didn't try. It's not because she didn't take a look and walk into those schools and see the mess that was going on. And she made a decision that was best for me and best for her. Now, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people that are misguided, misinformed, and miseducated and make general uh, stereotypes and, and, and follow stereotypes um, and allow stereotypes to lead their decision-making process. That's the type of stuff, like, I just don't have patience for that. You know, okay, send your kid to private school, that's fine. If you want to spend $20,000 a year for your kid to learn how to draw uh, circles, that's on, that's on you. No judgment, but lots of judgment. Um, if, you are, if you are living in a school system and in a community where... Um, if those people, I always say this, like, can you imagine if all the, the parents, the wealthy parents in PG County said, you know what, we're going to take a stand. We're going to take our schools back. We can take everything back. We can take our streets back. We can take the white house back. We could take, uh, uh, we could take all these things back, but we're not willing to put our money, literally our literal money where our mouth is and take our schools back. 
You know, we put all the blame on teachers. We put all the blame on on the school system, on the school buses, on the lunches, on this, and on everything. And very rarely do I see parents, you know, that are willing to put everything on the line and go to that school, sit down with the principal in a very controlled and uh, productive way and say, hey, I'm sending my kid here. And if I'm sending my kid here, then there's certain things that I expect. And here's how we're going to, you know, here's how I'd like for us to operate. What do you think about that? Like, how how can we operate together? You know what I'm saying? But because of people's inability to control their tone and because we have whack leaders, those conversations just um, unfortunately don't happen the way that they should. So I'm, I'm tired of that because I think that it's impacting our kids. It's creating communities where um there's a uh, an imbalance of uh an imbalanced education system you have communities with half a million dollar homes and high schools in the area where um kids are graduating that can't read that's bs like you that shouldn't happen and nowhere else in the world does that happen but in the United States. So I'm tired of that. Um, and I just had to express that. I hope people just get a little bit more informed about the decisions that they make when they send their kids to school. I'm not, I'm talking from preschool, elementary, middle, and high. Um, you know, force your community to be responsive to the needs of the kids and the families in that community. Um, that's, that's my rant for right now. I'll be back. And we're back. All right. So last thing I'm tired about, uh, I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna make this relatively quick, is um, what tends to happen with a lot of people is that we spend so much time, we spend so much energy, we spend so much money, we spend so much of everything addressing such small aspects of the problem or the, the the problem is usually so small but we put so much energy and time and attention into it and that make that makes me so angry you know what i'm saying like to give an example um how do I how do I say so at work right at work we have to there's a new process that's been implemented in the in the agency that I work in where we have to send all of our communication through a communication review team so that they can check for grammar and errors and so much ridiculousness, right? So if someone emails me or if a group of people email me and I have to get them back an email, I have to send it through the communication review team, which only meets once a week so that they can send me back my email. So this is clearly because people have been making mistakes, right? People have probably not put a lot of attention into what they're writing and they're checking for, you know, consistency there's nothing wrong with that we're a big agency we want to make sure our messages are consistent um but so much time and energy has gone into this that wouldn't it been much easier to just address 
the issue like address the people or persons or groups or whatever or put out a training or a guideline for hey when you check before you send the email check for these five things as opposed to me typing my email that's relevant right now sending it through a committee and then sending it back to me in four days so they took a lot of time to address a small aspect of our job um i see this every day um i see it in relationships i see it where you know there's one small aspect of our relationship that's not going well and we keep ourselves up at night about it oh man i don't know i don't know if she's the one man because you know she does this thing i don't know if i could i don't know if i can get down with that and you know all this time all this energy you know uh the meeting that i told you my wife went to with our daughter's preschool was you know an open house meeting and so right from the beginning the leader of the meeting came out and said you know I need, we need all parents to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, we got parents out here doing this. And this just came off so accusatory and like, oh man, da, da, da. And, you know, half of the parents, more than half of the parents in the room were like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? And this is clearly the, the leader of this group is saying, hey, there are a group of parents that are unhappy about something, but you know what? We're going to address all parents because we don't have the leadership skills to pull those people to the side and say, hey, I think, you know, let's have a conversation about X, Y, and Z because, you know, clearly it's an issue. And, you know, as opposed to putting everybody else through this whole ordeal, we're just going to talk to you. No, they're going to address the entire group right it's kind of like at school when everybody in class would get in trouble for one or two people doing something wrong right um i'm tired of that like i'm tired of that i feel like we see this every day you know um our entire tsa process is the result of a few crazies and now everyone has to be um inconvenienced uh so i mean i just think it's i think it's something that is reflective of a bigger issue and the bigger issue is something that i talked about i think maybe two weeks ago in terms of the lack of leadership um it's much easier to address the big crowd of people that may or may not be going against or doing what you're concerned about as opposed to being a little bit more confrontational and being a little bit more direct and focusing on that population that's a harder conversation because you have to answer the specific and direct concerns of the people that don't agree with what you agree with right and so um oftentimes what whack leaders do is just say i know there's somebody in this room that feels this way and so if you feel this way then come and see me see whack leaders will put the responsibility on the people being led to come and talk to me even though the whack leaders know where the issue lies and they know where the problems are coming from. You know, so this whole podcast journey to me is about an exploration and it's becoming really an exploration in leadership. And I think that the idea of manhood is how can men, how are men being leaders in our communities, in our households, at work, where we coach, with our daughters and sons, with you know, with people that we meet, with our friends, how are be how are we being leaders? 
Um, you know, of course, everyone could be leaders. Of course, we know that there are amazing and very talented women leaders. Um, and I just think that there's a, there's an opportunity there uh, here through this podcast to have some serious conversations about what you're doing in your day-to-day walk to be a leader. And these things that I'm tired of today, to me, are a lot more reflective of poor leadership. And, and people that just are not authentic in their walk as a leader, as a person, um, and just aren't as self-aware as they need to be um, to, to be a functioning adult in this society. Like, what does it mean to be a 40-year-old man if you can't disagree with someone without being disagreeable? What is, what good are you if you can't get into an argument with someone that has differing views with you and not walk away feeling like you want to fight or feeling like, you know, at least I said what I had to say because he going to Like, what? Come on, man. Come on. Um, so th- these are the things that are frustrated me. I'm glad I got that out. I'm in here sweating. I have on a tank top and I'm still sweating because this has clearly been on my mind for a long time. So hopefully I dump that on you. You take that, massage that through, let it go. Um, and we're going to have a great week, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, the episode, uh, the episode, the idea of manhood episode six. Uh, I appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, Tune back in next week, and I'll holler at you then. Peace out.